Hello listeners, and I am super happy to be back with you for another season, actually season two to be precise, of developing your A-game. It's been almost three weeks, although it's felt like three months since my last recording, and I am super happy to be back with you dropping some tips and points about self-development, self-improvement, how we bring our A-game, and how we're just going to take things to new levels, especially in the final quarter of 2020. So this particular episode is interesting. It packs a good punch. Not not only is it the longest podcast episode I've ever recorded, do you know, I actually tried to shorten it, but I couldn't. There was just so much to talk about. I actually got to co-host this time as opposed to interview with Deji Oseni, of On The Ball. On The Ball podcast is a Nigerian sports podcast which talks everything sports. It talks about the coaching industry. It talks about how to develop yourself. It talks about how to position yourself properly in the sports industry. So how do I come in? So because of my work experience and background in sports, Deji felt it would be great if we would do a show together. And it's such a great show. We talk about so many things. We talk about opportunities in the sports industry. We talk about issues that continue to plague the sports industry, such as sexual harassment, gender inequality, um, poor coaching standards. We talk about so many things. So I hope you enjoy it. I think it's a great way to start the new season. On that note, I will let you get into it. Enjoy the show. Thank you, thank you. Super cool to be here. And I'm so happy I am your first, what's the word? I am sort of opening up season two, right? That's yes. So, that is really cool. I like that. Well done. Um, you know what? Um, season two, I just thought to myself, you know, we need to do something different. We need to do something special. Yeah. We need to, yeah. you know, um, also, you're, you're also my first um, female guest um, as well. Awesome. <laughs> awesome so happy to hear this oh that's so cool that's really cool that's really cool i was really you know i'm the thing is it's about sport is that i think sometimes when i say sport you know people just naturally think of the people on the field or the people or the people on the bench but sports is so diverse that i'm trying to get as many people as possible you know people that you just wouldn't think of you know mm. how many you know how when i say sports how often do people think of the nutritionist or i know right <laughs> or, or the physician yeah exactly yeah or even the facility manager you know <laughs> so true so true so, the people who support the industry exactly not just the stars the the athletes and the professionals yeah you're right you're right exactly you're right um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, with with you know, with so many with so many things that you do, um, you know, w- what is it about sports? What is it about sports for you? Uh, that's a really good question. Okay, um, for me, it's been really an evolution because I can't sit here and say, "Oh, yes, I've loved sport ever since I was a child." <laughs> no. That's really not what happened at all. I mean, I was exposed to sport. I, 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 I participated in school sports, but not like I was more, I was actually more musical, funnily enough. I, I played the piano. I went for my grade exams. I was definitely more musical and more into drama. Um, so sport for me 
kind of became it, it came into my life when I actually um, got married and had kids really really weird <laughs> it's, it's like the running joke um so my first son well my, yeah my first I've got two boys my first son Luca um you know I I had him he's now 11 so I had him and I thought to myself okay I I didn't really have many male cousins growing up my dad you know he's got three daughters I'm the oldest of three daughters and he just kind of gelled with us girls you know did all the things that us girls wanted to do. So, you know, I never really grew up in a household watching games or being taken to a match. I mean, I would have loved it now in hindsight, and I try to do this with my kids. But growing up, I, I, I just didn't have that kind of exposure to sport. And I was conscious of that. So I said to myself, when I have my kids, the first thing I want to do apart from taking them home and obviously feeding them, <laughs> is, you know, um, exposing them to sport, whether it's watching it or participating in sports. So as soon as my, my first started walking, like toddler, two years old, I was like, that's it. I need to get him on the field. I need to get him running around. And then, you know, the thing about sport is, it, it, it's unfortunate, but we have a lot of cliches in, in sport. We tend to think of football i mean now football is definitely more seen as a women's game but back in the days when you talk about football you're it's automatically you're just automatically thinking about the men's game you don't really think of the women's game so similarly i, I believe those unfortunate um gender stereotyping also occurs in sport so when I had my, my first boy, I thought automatically he's just going to play football. It didn't even cross my mind that, oh, he could try tennis, he could try gymnastics, you know, he could even try ballet. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> automatically, he, I just said football and, and that's what he's going to do. And as luck would have it, he hated it. <laughs> so, you know, so you can just imagine. There I am. I'm new mom. I'm trying to get my kid into sport and boy doesn't even like it. But um, I guess the good thing about it was my curiosity about sport and wanting to introduce my, my son to sports from an early age um, attracted um, other friends of mine who also had children of the same age. And they were quite interested in the pickup games that I had organized for my son. So, yeah, literally pickup games for my son and his crew of about three kids turned into you know what it is today which is my academy um lagos tigers fc um and that started in 2012 so it was just curiosity i was curious about sport i knew that it had amazing benefits for for, for children in terms of mobility agility sharpening their mental acuity and all that i just wanted that and then the discipline of course so that me me desiring um to give them that exposure and to to make them you know enjoy those benefits and derivatives of sport actually ended up throwing me headfirst into what looks like a lifelong love you know love affair with sport and i'm actually really glad that it happened that way um if i had been deliberate about um going into the sports industry i i don't think i would have I would have actually lasted as long as I have. Um, being sort of, just sort of um, falling into it kind of, you know, prepared me a bit <laughs> 
for what for you know for the longevity and hopefully sustainability um in the sports in of my career anyway in sports industries so yeah that's how <laughs> i fell in really random really random um my son hasn't gone back to play sport by the ah, way the first I, was one... about, I was just about to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> but the second one is absolutely in love with football nico oh my goodness he coincidentally was named after nico rosberg because <laughs> my, my husband loves formula one racing motor racing so you can see that yes sport has really kind of permeated into my life in in many different ways definitely but yeah at least one of them is fine right one out of two is yeah. too bad <laughs> wow um so when you said you were looking okay so when you said you were looking for when you said you were looking for sports for your children to play um how easy did you actually find it to find alternatives to football oh goodness me okay so we're talking 2011 2012 trust me it was it was not easy it the the sports the sports the variety of sports we have now for children youth is nothing compared to what it was like back then it was just it was just like dead (laughs) it was literally school sports most of the sports exposure that kids got at the time was school sports i know there were a couple of um um places where kids could go play football so i guess that's what made me feel like okay i don't need to rely on school sports i can enroll i can um just go to a field and and just do some informal pickup games but definitely there was nothing like gymnastics back then at least out out of school i mean there were no private clubs running gymnastics um um gym not um tennis yeah the, the lagos tennis club is there yoruba tennis club is there but um it just wasn't set up and geared to teach young children. Ikoi Club, which is near where I live, okay, they've been around donkey's years since 1957, um, but it's not accessible. It's, um, you know, it's the equivalent of what you would call maybe a country club, uh, you I know, okay, or the US. So it cuts off a lot of people. It's not accessible to the public in that respect. You have to pay quite a lot of money. So... You know, the, the accessibility simply wasn't there. And um, I, I was conscious of that fact, which is what made me just get up and say, OK, I'm just going to organize these pickup games for um, for my for my for my son. And um, what happened in the coming years from 2012 to date is we've seen loads of parents make similar calls, which is fantastic because it just tells you that. If you wait for the government to do everything, you're going to be waiting a very long time. <laughs> you know. So a, a friend of mine, Kemi, Kemi Akinkugbe, she um, is like a gymnastics mom and she loves gymnastics. Her daughter was a tumbler and she kept saying, you know, um, in the UK, my daughter did this, she did tumbling, she did that. What do I do? There's no private clubs. What do I do? And I said to her, look, I, I've been running um, my football club for about two years just just set up just set up um a gymnastics club what do you have to lose do your training learn about it hire the right people we've always had like um lagos state sports bodies don't get me wrong it's not like there was nothing but the truth of the matter is they they just were not configured for the youth you know you it's almost like you you talk about say um the super eagles and stuff and you're wondering, okay, where did they get the, 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 the talent from? You just 
you know, the talent is just expected to miraculously materialize <laughs> when they're 18, 19. What happens to the funnel? Where is the funnel? You know, and that, that was a problem that I identified back then. She identified in gymnastics. Where, where, where are the, 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 the clubs that nurture children from a really young age outside of school? So literally from 2012, 2014, so many little clubs started to mushroom. Just, it was just amazing to see, you know, the confidence that I hope, I, I, I mean, I feel like, yes, I gave people confidence to set up sports private clubs because you know before me yeah there were few but they were mostly grassroots like the core core grassroots clubs you know the ones where it's probably in another part of town and it's like you're running it on for you know on a on a charity basis it's not really run in a structured way so i almost feel like well yeah L lagos tigers was one of the few at the time providing a more structured setup you know and 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 at least for you know a fee because most people will say to me but how do you like are you doing it for free is it charity and that's the problem there's a perception that anything sports here in Nigeria is just charity work <laughs> and it really took time to say no you know this is we're running this as a sports business yes i'm passionate about youth football but it's not a charity i mean i actually have a charity arm as well so i can mention that i have a charity arm i'm still not really doing much with it because goodness charities are a lot of work like it's like it's a completely separate separate entity separate operations everything so I'm, I'm still trying to get that off the ground I'm, I'm still just grappling with running a sports business well you know so it's it's it, you you keep on having to explain to people no it's not a charity <laughs> it's like going to school but well extracurricular school so there's there's been that we've had to have this mind shift in 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 Nigeria well well, let me say Lagos, because Lagos is not representative necessarily of the whole country. Yeah. I <laughs> it's so true. Like, people, we tend to just say, oh, yeah, Lagos equals Nigeria. But it's not like Nigeria is a big country as well, fairly big. And um, the, 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 the mindsets are very different across the whole country with the way sport, youth sport is viewed parents are now more willing it, it's incredible you talk to parents now and the enthusiasm you know yes you know i want my child to play i want them to maybe even get a scholarship i would love to see how far they can go and it's wonderful because i tell you just as little as 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 recently as five years ago parents felt that there was no point having uh, you know, private um, youth academies, youth football academies, because they felt, well, what's the point? They, they play football in school, so what's the point? But they don't realize you need to train and practice and develop, and it's all about how much practice time you get. So it's really, really nice and encouraging that, um, that we've moved on. We still have so much further to go, but from where we're coming from, my goodness, we've moved. We've moved on quite a bit. We've. Moved I'm not. I'm not sure if. Well, if you've seen, but obviously, I'm starting my own women's football team next year. Wow, that's amazing! <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow, well done. Um, that's so cool. 2021. 
Um, and it's going to be in Abel Kota. Fantastic. Um, which, um, you know, it's kind of weird the way I kind of fell into women's football. Um, yeah. You know, whilst I was, you know, um, I think I was coaching one day and then um, a fellow coaching colleague asked me just to cover a session for him. But I di- he didn't tell me that it was a women's session. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I got there... Um, you know, I just kind of had to get on with it. Um, yeah, of course, of and, course. And um, what I realised is, you know, they're just, you know, women just, they, they just wanted to play football the same of as the course. guys. Yeah, just the same, the same. <laughs> um, and, yeah. you know, um, the same enthusiasm was there, um, yeah. the same technical skills. Um, mm. They just wanted to be coached. They just wanted to play the game. Um and you know it, it's just it's it's very interesting. Um, so you know, I think I had the idea that I wanted to start a women's team probably about five years ago. Hmm. Oh wow, five years ago. Okay. I put it off because I was saying I kept telling myself in my head like you know this is not a big deal. Like somebody else can do this. Somebody else can find the solution and and fill hmm. this gap. You know, you kind hmm. of and then years years were going by and. I was just kind of seeing the same thing with the women's teams. Mm. Um, I was noticing that the coaching wasn't there. Um, the administration wasn't there. The um, publicity, the marketing, the promotion wasn't there. Just not there. Um, mm. Basic things, you know, like having social media. Um, I've only just started a, a Twitter handle and I already have close to 100 followers on Amazing. And some of the women's teams don't even have Twitter handles and they've been around for 10, 15, 20 years. years. Um, And, you know, it's crazy because um, there's a lot of things that you need to change. Um, Obviously, one one of the reasons I started a podcast is because, you know, I'm just, I'm somebody who enjoys conversation and I've learned so much through conversation. You know, um, I've learned how to progress in careers. I've learned how to find courses um i've learned how to network um through conversations yeah um so many things you can learn and through these conversations you know you find out a number of things like people tell you you know here are certain cultural things that we do here and and you Mm. know and for example like one of the cultural issues is um a lot of our um, female athletes aren't very outspoken because um, culturally they've been taught not to be that's right Um, Mm. So if we're trying to brand these people, then it, it's almost like they're working against us. So mm. it's, you know, these are things which could very easily be be sorted out by having just basic lessons during the week to show the players why it's important that when somebody in the media does ask you a question, that you just be yourself and express yourself whichever way you can, whether that's in, in you know, in full English, <laughs> pidgin English, your own language. Exactly. Be comfortable and be confident to speak. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's such a shame because, you know, uh, the more visibility you have, the mm. the um, increased likelihood of sponsorship. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I always use, you know, I don't want to speak rather. Neither do I. But, um, <laughs> I used to, but... I use it as an example. I saw yeah. a um, diagram the other day which said that... Um, their social media mentions um, within one day um, was about, I think it was 700,000. <coughs> wow, um, 700,000. That's so, crazy. And, you know, the, 
the thing is, is a lot of these people are just being themselves. They're shouting, they're arguing, they're expressing themselves, talking about their lives. And people are falling in love with them. Oh, yeah. Gen- they, they, yeah. Um, what do you call it? Authenticity just comes through. Exactly. Yeah. And this is, the same, this is the same effect that I feel like we could have if people within the sports industry were more, um, you know, they were, they were taught to be more open, to be yeah. aggressive, talking about the journeys that they've had to, the obstacles they've had to overcome. But yeah. unfortunately, there's still a real air of secrecy when it comes to things like that. You know, people don't feel so comfortable. They don't want to feel like they're throwing anybody under the bus because mm. um, we do have some coaching practices which oh we do <laughs> oh god it's just terrible you uh, know oh there's so many crazy things going on in coaching um on the women's side you know and um yeah the, the stories i've heard um gymnastics in the u.s did you hear about that the doctor oh yeah abusing yeah. girls for uh. years and because he's in a position of authority, you don't, you don't question. And, and, and it, that speaks to what you just said. You know, the, the women's teams, we, I don't know, they, they don't, maybe they try and speak up, but because it's someone who's in a position of authority, his word is the last word and that's it. So these, these things are happening everywhere. I'm sure it happens in Nigeria, but because like you said, the code of secrecy is so strong here you don't hear anything you don't hear anything and but things are happening you know like most nigerians i think even when you leave the country you know there's always, <laughs> there's always that voice in the back of your head like you know you could do this you know yeah, imagine if you yeah. brought this to nigeria imagine if you did this you know yeah there's there's always yes. that voice and yeah um you know through networking you know social media is you know such an amazing thing it is um, it's talking to all these coaches from across Nigeria, you know, as, you know, as far as you can think of, you know, even some of the most remote places, people send me messages on LinkedIn and on, oh, nice. on, uh, on Twitter and stuff. Um, because, you know, I, I try to make myself as visible as possible. You know, you, you can clearly see, you know, I'm a coach. It's in my, mm. it's in my profile. Um, mm. these are my qualifications and obviously you know my name is digi so you know there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no mistake there's, there's no mistake in it you know um, yeah and you know um through these because of this um i've been able to have these conversations with all these coaches and you know you start to realize you know small little things here and there where you can advise people and they're like oh wow you know this is simple solutions are sometimes mm. right in front of you mm. and i feel like sometimes when we we have a habit of doing things so long that we mm. we don't want to change it. Yes, very true. We get very true. we get comfortable in the way we've been doing things, and I feel like women's football offers a huge opportunity um, so in in mm. in Nigeria, not only for employment, um, not only for uh, female empowerment, um, but also for um, you know improving the image of our country. You know. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know. Mm. Um, I'm definitely look, looking forward to 2021. I wish you well. <laughs> That's so exciting, women's team. What do you know? In, do you know the name, or are you keeping that hush for? <laughs> oh no, no, no! I've already announced that. So, um, oh, okay. the name of the the name of the team is um, well. So, um, when I okay, so I'm actually planning to have a men's and women's team, but um, yes, yes. I'm starting the women's team first. 
first. Um, okay, cool. So um, the actual team is called 10FC, which stands for Total Elite Nigeria Football Club. Okay. And the women's team, of course, will be called Total Elite Nigeria Women's Football Club. So nice. um, nice. obviously all the hashtags of 10WFC, um, <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the word elite. Um, mm. not in the context that everyone else uses it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, you know, I feel nowadays when you say elite, you know, people have such yeah, negative... Yeah, it has negative... Mm, such negative, a, uh, negative exclusionary, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's such a negative association nowadays, you know, like, oh, you say elite, people think you're talking about the political or the yeah. um, financial elite yeah. in, the, in society. Yeah. But yeah. elite, for a lot of people, like an elite athlete, you know, an elite singer... Sure. Yeah, Somebody who's elite in their craft okay. means that that person mm. is of the highest standard or a higher exactly. standard. And, exactly. you know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, that type of, um, that type of thinking, that type of mindset. You know, I feel like if you, if you create a culture where you tell people that you can be elite, you, you know, Fantastic. you know, that's the type of things, that's the type of things, um, that I think about. Um, funny enough, I actually heard your episode. Um, Which one? <laughs> uh, one of your episodes where you was talking about, um, I think you said your core values. Where? Oh yes, the core values of um, the the club, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I had to create something that was easy to remember. <laughs> exactly. And funny yeah. enough, um, I already had my own core values, and I was just thinking, you know, what coincidence? Um, my right. core values actually spell the word elite. Oh, I love that. So, oh, I, sh- I can guess. Energetic? <laughs> energetic? No? What's oh. E for? <laughs> the first one, um, it, it's actually a very straightforward E. Um, probably if you guess again, you'll probably think about it. Uh, easy? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, excellent. Excellent, yes. Oh, excellence. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, L is for, I don't know, longevity? No. Nope. Um, what's L for? It's, 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 again, it's a very straightforward one, but it's, it's, it's something that's very important to life. Um, oh, wait, wait, L for, um, living life. <laughs> Not <No>. quite. <laughs> Not quite. I've run out of, I've run out of adjectives. It's, you know what? It's, it's, I'm sure if I said it, you'd be like, oh, wow. Oh. It's one of those ones. It's such long, long. It, no, no, it's something we, 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 we do every day. Uh, or at least we should be doing every day <laughs> like, oh my goodness i'm stuck and that's because i'm putting too much pressure on myself <laughs> L. I, I can't think what, what's what's the l for learning oh my goodness of course <laughs> of course we learn every day oh, excellent learning i is for integrity oh my you know what you got that straight away yeah, you know why? You know why? Because I've got I in my values, kicks. <laughs> so I just thought it just has to be integrity. It just has to. Okay, so I've got E-L-I. Then T is for tenacity. No, something a bit more simple. Something simpler. T is for... T- t- uh, t- t- I don't know. Tensile. <laughs> no, that, that's different. Um, Group of people. A team, 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 team. Teamwork. Of course. Hmm. Team, 
fuck. I have that too. I mine is team spirit. S. I. I. I was. I was trying to force it, and it wasn't working. So S came <laughs> backwards. Team spirit. Okay. So the e, final E. The final E is for. Give me a hint. Um, I feel like this is the word which, um, you know, my knowledge of Nigerians, my upbringing of Nigerians. Uh-huh. Um, I feel this is a word that represents us, regardless of wherever we go. Okay, we are. We always we put in our best effort. Yes. Effort. <laughs> oh, cool! I got it. Um, I got it. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. You know, I thought so. Um, what I wanted to do was to create core values, which would create a culture, um, mm-hmm. a culture that would reflect both inside and outside of the club. Mm, um, of course. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Obviously, excellence is that we always try to do things at a very high level. Um, mm. Learning is that we always try to adapt to change and we always desire to do better. Mm. Um, integrity is that we are honest, truthful, and our actions yep. reflect our values. Yes. Um, teamwork is that we work together to achieve and everybody plays a part in success. Absolutely. And effort yeah. is that hard work is the foundation of all the success. I love that. I love yours. It's so good. It's really good. I love it. I love it. It's really good. Yeah, I think all clubs, um, sports is about values. So, you know, it just makes so much sense to have your core values embedded into who you are. And what better than for your new teams, the women's teams, to come into the club Oh, yes. I, you know, I'm part of a club where we value excellence and teamwork. And it just, it's at the back of their minds, right? So, how, I mean, that's the best way to mold and shape, um, you know, people. So, yeah, I really like that. I like your core values. They're really good. It's catchy. It's very catchy. <laughs> you know, um, I feel like um, it's important. When I feel like people, people, I feel like nowadays people just want to know. They just want to know, you know, when you know, you kind of feel a part of things more. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that's one thing that we haven't quite mastered in Nigerian sports um, because we don't share enough, you know, like, agree, you know, agree. Um, everybody knows about how Barcelona is more than a club or mm. um, Liverpool, you will never walk alone mm. uh, or, uh, uh, you know, United is the theater of dreams. Um but, you know, Nigeria, you know, when you think of our football clubs, you know, what are our values? What does our clubs represent? You know, mm. what, does, what should it mean to our communities? Yes, I don't think we've developed that. That's the thing. I, th- I almost feel like club owners d- did not understand how essential it is to tell stories through their clubs. You know, like the way we see all these, um, the drinks, Coca-Cola, you know, always Coca-Cola and all those, you know, other companies that have all these very catchy slogans. They understand the importance of telling stories. And I think it's part of the problem that we've been plagued by. Sports is not seen as a business. It's not necessarily even regarded as institutional. Sports is just something you just do either in school to pass time for PE or you're kind of hustling, you're coaching a couple of guys and by God's grace, so they will carry maybe two or three out of my 25 <laughs> so I can make a bit of... Yeah, so there's not been that brand building. But, 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 but 
it is changing because now the new generation of developmental academies that are coming up, the new generation um, 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 football clubs in the lower leagues, they understand the power of storytelling. Corporate storytelling is 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 essential for sustainability and we need that storytelling in the sports industry as well look at the way they 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 build stories around athletes look at simone biles like the way she's so beautifully packaged and put together telling a story and when you think of all these athletes and the the campaigns they they use like i remember seeing the nike campaign about girls which came out i saw it Oh gosh, I saw it this year because lockdown was just the year of just you know, doing some <laughs> research. But it was one of their best-selling and widely um, accepted campaigns because the story was so powerful. Nike has gone beyond just selling apparel, selling shoes, um, trainers, or they are they they tell and share powerful stories. And just like you said. We are only just realizing the power of storytelling. And, you know, sports is a form of entertainment. If you're not entertaining as you are, you know, you know, when you're doing the sports, then it becomes very forgettable. Fans don't feel part of it. So yeah. it's, I think it's something that the, the clubs are beginning to catch, to cotton on to. But agreed, many, 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 are still lagging behind. No social media presence. Website is half empty. It's not updated. You know, it's it's a lot of work to mm. run a club properly. The structures, the, the 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 org charts, the staff you need. The it's a lot of work, and I don't think people are either ready to put the work in. They just want to just do the very basic, or they feel like, oh my goodness. I, 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 don't, I don't think I can do this. So they just end up shying away from doing things as they should. I feel like that is what our issue is in sports. We need to tell stories. And that's one of the things that I really, really tried to do with Lagos Tigers. I, I said to myself, okay, what am I trying to, what message am I trying to send here? The tiger, the tiger. In fact, to the point where even on my website, I had um, color coding. So the black stands for strength, black power, African strength. The orange stands for vibrancy. Um, you know, just because you're trying to sell this to the parents, right? The parents of the kids. You're, you're trying to create this, this um, image, perception. But obviously, perception must match reality because you're not trying to package something that isn't real. <laughs> but it's still important that when people log on to your website or they look at your your Instagram page, they feel like, wow, these guys are having a blast. You know, they, they're, they're, they're about the team. They celebrate their birthdays. They celebrate the wins, the losses too, you know, that full picture. But that's something that we still need to work on generally here. How to tell stories. You know, and you're actually, yeah, yeah. You know, the interesting thing is, um, you know, for some people, they don't, they probably they'll think, oh, what stories, you know? But yeah. there are so many stories to tell. Oh, so many. You know, there's, like, for example, you know what's really funny? It's like all these, um, I saw a number of tweets. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if you saw this week, but... Um, 
I shot uh, Oshuala. Um, yeah. She did, uh, I think she did an interview with UEFA.com. Oh, right. Oh, I missed that. Um, okay. Where she was talking about her upbringing and how, you know, okay. parents weren't so supportive of her initial yeah. um, desire to play sports. But then obviously mm. as she became more successful, they came mm. on board. Mm. People uh, were tweeting, oh, you know, just imagine if a Nigerian media outlet or Nigerian football club yeah. had thought of this idea. <laughs> exactly that's the problem we don't it's really funny because today just today this morning i i i went to do like a to shoot a, a mini segment for one of my clients because yeah i know we haven't even talked about that um because yeah as a sports lawyer you you work with clubs and yeah clubs as well as athletes themselves so interestingly my client is also doing something similar he's He's only seven years, but seven years is a long time. We need to celebrate the little wins. So seven years, you know, of of uh, running his football club. And um, he's like, look, I, I um, want to celebrate. Which football club is that? Bagada FC. Bagada oh, okay. Football. You're talking about Coach Yalu. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Coach Yalu, exactly. So, yeah, so he's doing this seven years of blues. And I love what he's doing. And I'm not just saying it because he's my client. Because before he was my client, I was already following him. Because there was a story. I was attracted to the color of the jersey, which is blue. I thought, okay, I don't really see that deep shade of blue in Nigeria, you know? And just the way they, they focus on each of the players. Each player has a story, you know. It's I, I just like the way they presented the club. Really like family, like this is this is really a team effort. So when I eventually started working with them, which you know has been great, um, he said, Yeah, that they want to celebrate seven years and would you be willing to to um just shoot a mini segment talking about you know, sports law in Nigeria, your experience with the club. And this is exactly what you are saying, that to some people, they might think, oh, look at all this effort you're making. What's the point? How are you getting any money from it? You're going to go interview all these people. And then what? Where's the money? Where's the money? Show me the money. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you need to create the... It's like, a, it's entertainment, right? You need to create the, the whole like feel of something big is happening because that's what that's what fans like they like to feel like oh things are happening and you know so yeah i i feel like we're so focused on the money the money the money the money that we miss out on moments like really cool memorable moments that we just just kind of let go so yeah it's a pity I, 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 Azizat's club in Nigeria, they missed out. They could have nabbed <laughs> big time. Yeah. It's, big it's, time. it's, well, it's a funny thing because, like, I just feel, um, I think one of the reasons I was so interested in, um, doing my own clubs, because I'm, you know, I'm so interested in, in, in helping mm. people tell their own story mm, and helping yeah. people find their best self. Um, Aisha's, um, Oshuala's, um, club is called fc robo and fc robo has produced quite a number of the women's players um, Amazing. but unfortunately um 
they've never really come forward to tell the stories, you know, mm. to show us pictures of Aisha when she was 10 years old. Oh, um, wow. You know, these are things that they're missing out on. You know, this is what... They're totally missing out. You know, mm. people love it when Barcelona comes forward and they've got 10-year-old pictures of... They've got pictures of 10-year-old it, it's, it's like gold. It's like... It's, you think you're looking at some historic, prehistoric, um, rare footage yeah we love to see pictures of our sporting heroes when they were little it's like wow look at that he's been in the game so long and you can kind of you know imagine your child being that future star that we look back at their pics when they're in their nappies and things we don't value that stuff here we don't it's the record keeping we're not keeping records Things like, oh, a, a year ago today, we we won uh, a cup or, you know, or even to celebrate the, the staff. It's not always about the players, right? Sometimes we need to also celebrate, like like you said, the support staff, the, the administrator, the coaches. Just, hey, we have a great head coach. I don't know, maybe people feel like if they advertise, if they put the head coach out there, other people will go to them. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, I can imagine that conversation. Yeah. I can definitely so, but then but then if you keep if you if you carry if if these guys carry on in that manner, well, they will just leave anyway because one, you know, nothing is nothing much is happening. It's you know, the stories aren't being shared and everybody wants to to grow, right? Because yeah. I'm so conscious of the fact that when people work with me, it's not, it doesn't speak well of me if they stay the same after they leave because everybody will leave at some point. People don't stay anywhere forever. So trying to hide them or pre prevent against poaching, well, that's what you've got contracts for. Why don't you just get contracts? But then people say, oh, Nigeria, no one respects contracts. They'll just, but you know what? When we begin to respect contracts, they will become more you know, they will begin to, to do what they're supposed to do. But if we keep saying, oh, they won't respect it, it's just a piece of paper. Actually, if I find out that my coach or, you know, has gone off somewhere else and is still under contract, I can easily go and approach that other club and say, look, this person is under contract. You can buy him off me or something or compensate me for, you know. So we, we I feel like we keep holding ourselves back for so many reasons. I beyond me, but for so many reasons, it's just put things in place. This be visible in 2020. If you're not visible, then you're not serious. That's just the way I see. It. If you're not visible, if you are not visible, your business, your football uh, club or academy or or whatever it is, is not visible. Then you're not serious. Really, you're not. How do you compete? It's like we're in, we are, the world is so close, is so small now. It's so small. Someone in Brazil could be checking out your club in, in um, Abelkosa, you know, it's that small. So if you're not out there, how do you expect to make sure your players have the best, get the best in terms of their training and things like that? So, yeah, there's just so many angles to it to foreign we just have not been telling our stories and i think that's something that amanda also said i'm not trying to sound feminist or anything i'm just saying <laughs> this is actually why i posted um 
my 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 new book today on World Literacy Day because we need to contribute our voices more as Africans. We need to, whether it's in the fiction fiction space or nonfiction or in academia or in um, vocations, if we are not contributing our voices, we won't get heard and we will not be invited to the table when major decisions are being made. It's, the, it's just the, the reality. We just, I mean, yeah, we have like, you know, Nollywood and stuff. That's probably the best when it comes to storytelling as it gets. But we need to also look at, like you said, the alternative ways of storytelling. How do we tell, sell our brands, our, you know, our personal brands, our clubs? How do we, how do we sustain a club that, you know, was founded in 2012? Can we say that that club will be here 100 years from now? This is the thing. We need to really be conscious about storytelling. It's, it's, it sounds so basic, right? But <laughs> it really needs a lot of intentionality. Like, how do we project these stories so the young ones can tap in, learn a few values, so that the older generation can say, ah, oh, wow, I, you know, this is, this is how it used to be in the old days. So we, we really need to harness that. We really need to. We need to. I feel it's, um, you know, some of the clubs that, you know, of course, you mentioned um, Bagada FC, um, you know, um, I also think, you know, Van Drever, what they're doing is really interesting. Yeah, Van Drever, yeah. Abuja Metro. Yeah, yeah, I know the, I know Kelvin, uh, yeah. Of course, Mies oh, Palace uh, Football Academy. Yeah, oh, Mies, I love them, in Joss, right? Yes, Mies in Joss. They are doing some really, really great things. Mies are fantastic storytellers i really like the way they position themselves i doing some yeah there's a couple doing some really good things really really good things changing that narrative you know at the end of the day nigerian fans are some of the most loyal like you hear about people that have supported foreign clubs for like 20 years with <laughs> and you're thinking why can't we enjoy that action why don't there's so many leakages that we need to switch off we need to 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 wear our local jerseys you know like why don't we wear more local jerseys? and i don't mean nike i'm not talking about wearing the super eagles nike i mean it's fine to wear that of course but i mean where are all the you know all our local sports apparel manufacturers they're there they're not many but they are there we need to support them clubs need to say okay let me you know add a bit of pizzazz let me change my kit every two years. Maybe every year might be a bit much because of the economy. We need to always be mindful of the economic realities on ground. But hey, every two years, change the jersey, switch it up. I, that's what I do. And I'm a youth football academy, you know. So it's like I, you, sports is entertainment. It's life. It's, it distracts you. It makes you feel happy for the period that you're engaged in it. So yes. We need to just make it more fun and engaging. You know, that's kind of what I feel about I, sports. You know, um, one thing I would say is, um, I think, um, obviously, one thing I, I liked about your academy is I I could see smiling faces. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I was saying, you know, I think, like, one problem that we, we, we slightly have in Nigeria is that there's the mindset that sports is just competition, you know? Yeah. 
and every everybody involved must compete. Yeah, not everybody enters sports to compete. Exactly. And if, like, for example, the child is six years old, the the idea that you expect them to win number one trophy ridiculous is is, yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, Um, and you know, even for example, you know, I, I was talking to someone about women's football. I was saying, you know, part of the reason that you know a lot of women aren't so interested in women's football is. Look at the faces of the women in this picture. Um, oh. of this, do they look happy to you? Do they look happy? <laughs> I, you know, stresses, the struggles. It's true. It's true. It's off-putting. Who, 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 who would want to go into women's football right now in Nigeria? Like right now, who? I mean, you do get a few, but we're not getting the numbers because nobody wants their child to suffer, as they say. Nobody wants their child to suffer. You go, you don't look after them well. Look at even our, our you know, our, our super fans. Look at how well they performed. Well, I think they, 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 were, the, they were the winners of um, the, the ladies. Was it not the ladies' um, calf cup? They, 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 well, Nigeria's women are, I don't even know if dominant is the word. Because, they are because I, I think they're just beyond dominant. I, I don't know how you describe somebody who has won. <laughs> I think I think it's 12, 12 out of 14. It's incredible, <laughs> I tell you. The, what, what they are doing, and they get zero visibility. And you know something? I don't even blame, let's not even blame only the sports industry. Let's look at the wider context. Because even when I look at just women's programs in general, rarely... I tell you, when I look at all these um, awards, oh, we want to honor women who are blazing the trail. Did you, I tell you, they rarely mention sports women. Rarely. And literally, this same week, um, one of these um, very well-known um, handles on um, Instagram that, again, it's a women's platform handle. And the spotlight of the day was, um, what's her name? Um, and you know what I did a double take I was like wow like this is the first time I have ever seen them put a sportswoman as a feature usually it's an oil and gas lady it's uh, an actress it's a lawyer you know but sportswomen zero coverage as if they don't exist so how would you expect women to rush into the sports industry when there's no representation it's ridiculous. It's like I almost feel like it's the, the sports industry isn't only. It, we cannot blame only the sports industry. It's it's the entire picture that's wrong. It's, it's the whole picture that's wrong. Every people just don't of sports professionals when it comes to these so-called national awards or or you name it. They just get sidelined constantly, and then. You wonder why no women want to go do football or no women want to go do handball or swim or whatever because they're not going to get any recognition anyway and then they will just fade into the background. So why why would they even stress themselves? So You know, you know one of the most interesting um, things that I saw recently was... Um, <laughs> um, so, okay, so when you think of um, Nigerian athletes, I think the most engaged, apart from obviously Aishat, because Aishat yeah. plays for Barcelona. Yeah. And as far as men or women players, she's playing for the biggest club. So if you look through, if you look through um, our men's team and our women's team, no, no one's playing in a bigger club than Barcelona. 
Not at all. Um, Not at all. So with her, um, she obviously she's she's there based on um, people talk her about her based on her actual on-field success. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. as far as um, you know, other players, for example, um, uh, what is her name? Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, she she usually has quite colorful hair. Um, Des- Desiree is it her? Mm-mm. Um, well, okay. I I remember her name later. Um, okay. But okay. Um, she okay. She she attracts. So when the super when the Super Falcons lost in the last World Cup, people mm. were, in one of the matches people were criticizing her because they were saying her makeup and her hair oh, was the reason why on. she was distracted on the field. Come on. Um, Yes, which so I found so ridiculous, but at the same time, I thought it was kind of funny that um, the thing that caused, you know, clearly her makeup and her hair caught your attention. So <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's in itself, it's, it's really funny. Would you be paying any attention to her if, if she... That, um, that's so true. And that then true. I also think of our best runner, um, or one of our best runners. Um, oh, I am forgetting names. I know. Um uh she's she's quite well known i think she yes, usually has mean. yellow i think she usually has blonde hair yes i know who you mean my memory is really really rubbish but i know who i know exactly who you mean and she's oh, a- blessing blessing yeah Okagbari. yes it's, um, yeah you know yeah. her as well i remember there was some criticism of her performances and then people tried to say because, that because she was, of what her makeup yeah What's people that she was paying Thing. Which in itself is funny because you know the reason why you remember her name is because of her appearance. Ex- thank you, <laughs> hey, thank you. Exactly. It's almost like women are not women should not be women because they're playing sport. It's a bit like um, I love Marta. Um, I think she's one of uh, Brazil's Brazil, best. Uh, Brazil, yeah, legend. She, she plays with red lipstick. <laughs> Marta wears red lipstick to play football. I love it. I love it. Because what, who says that femininity is suddenly non-existent because you're a sports person? I, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Or, you know, but, but the thing is, let's kind of maybe not trivialize it because these are actual genuine concerns. Like you would even hear some women saying, oh, I don't want to do strength training because uh. if I do, yeah. training i'm going to develop muscles and i'm thinking do you do realize that there's a natural limit to what muscles you can unless you go on steroids or you know um, performance enhancing drugs so there's there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding and just i don't know about what about how women should look i think it's just part of the whole me too thing you know women just want to be left to be themselves i can be a woman and play professionally and still be girly you know or i do i may choose not to be girly and it's still her prerogative it's almost like people feel they have a right to dictate how women should look when they're on the pitch or when they're you know playing tennis serena williams same thing happened to her. Oh, um, she's wearing these um, tight. Um, you know, Serena is a bit flamboyant when it yep. comes to her skin. <laughs> you know, when you hear stupid things like, oh, she's, you know, it's distracting. And you're thinking, sorry, how, <laughs> how does her outfit, how does it affect her performance? Or how is it distracting? You choose to be distracted. 
So I don't know, women. Um, yeah, I think it's part of. Is the- so you know, I have to ask. Um, of obviously being a sports lawyer, um, mm. what is the most common sports law question that people ask you? Oh gosh, uh, I get I get asked a lot about oh my players, you know, um, I, they leave and then they go elsewhere, and I've invested money in them, and how do I get them to stay? And I feel. And I find that a lot of the time, they don't really have proper contracts. So most, well, not most, I can't really generalize, but what I have encountered so far um, are people who kind of have clubs. Yep, they've gone far enough to incorporate, but that's it. That's as far as it goes with structure. They just have these clubs and they have these so-called oral agreements i wouldn't even call it a gentleman's agreement because you know so they have these oral agreements and um everything is a little bit haphazard maybe they get some transport money maybe they get a salary you know it's just kind of and then they wonder why the player goes elsewhere like one guy that called me from i think it was where was it now bauchi or so and he's like you know I've been dealing with this other guy. He's an agent. And he's taken six of my players. And two of them are in another country. And I haven't got a dime. And I'm like, did you have a contract? And he's like, no. And I'm like, what did you expect? So I find that it's a recurring issue. People set up football academies. They gather these guys from different places. They start feeding them, lodging them. And then the agents or whoever it is, not just agents, any, you know, third parties are lurking around or they feel like, look, this club, what are they doing for you? They don't give you that much anyway. Please just, 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 just leave. You know, what have they done for you anyway? So that question comes up a lot. How can I protect my interests? They are assets. I've invested in them. I need to protect my interest. Do I hold on to their passport? When they travel, what do I do? What do, you know, so I get that a lot. Definitely about um, protecting the player, players, protecting the, the assets of the club, which is the players mostly. And then definitely I am very focused on sports governance. Um, when I say I'm focused on it, I, it's, it's, it's an area that I don't feel enough um, sports organizations, bodies are paying enough attention to um, on, the, in the, on this side of the world. Um, sports governance is really about the way um, clubs are governed. So when we talk about the rules, the regulations, the contracts that guide behaviors, that is for me the compliance side of running a business, yeah? The operational side of running a business. There's certain ways of operating that should not be broken. Then you then think about, okay, who are the um, executives of the club? Who are the share, sorry, not the shareholders, who are the directors of the club? Are they fit to even run the club? Who are they? I mean, you know, in, like in the UK, you would have to go through a fit, and, um, a fit person's test anyway to be assessed. But here, you know, you could pick anybody, somebody who may not even be qualified to, to 
be a director of a club. So for me, governance is a very, is a huge part of the jigsaw puzzle. It's not just about, yeah, I've got a good lawyer and, you know, I've got my contracts and my players are full and I'm, I'm, I'm getting my, my transfers done and I'm selling players. It's not just about that. It's also about are uh, the directors of the club running the club in a, in a way that is sustainable, in a way that respects the rights of the players, in a way that respects even the business. Because some people will run their business into the ground and they are fine with that. They run it into the ground. They go set up something else elsewhere, you know. So, you know, as a sports lawyer, I, um, I pretty much try to advise on all the, all the main areas. I don't just focus on contracts alone because it's not just about contracts. It's about running a business. Contracts is one side of it. Um, so, yeah, there's so many moving parts <laughs> that, um, you know, uh, as a sports lawyer, you have to pay attention to, um, you pretty much have to keep an eye on, on, on everything, but not from an operational point of view. You just have to have an idea of, okay, where are the weak points, you know, of this business and how do I avert, how do I draw attention to my clients that, oh, have you sorted out this? Have you checked this? Have you checked that? Do you have policies that cover this? health and safety do you have minors how are they being looked after mm. you know so so many yeah, so many things to think about really and a, a good sports lawyer should help take that strain off at least a bit so yeah that it's uh, it's quite it's quite interesting though i i find it really interesting uh, you know no two club no two clubs are the same philosophies are different so you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's been it's been really interesting so far. But I'm being part of something quite new in Nigeria. You know, we sports lawyers were, wow. I mean, I know one. He's a he's a NSAN, um, and he's been around a while. But I guess because sports is not, you know, sports sports as an industry was not even taken seriously either. So um, you wouldn't really have heard of these specialists unless you were really following and keeping, you know, your eyes on, on, on that sector in particular. But now I'm, I'm happy that it's sounding more mainstream. Like it doesn't sound strange to hear someone is a sports lawyer or an entertainment lawyer. You know, it, it sounds as normal yeah, as, does, uh, does. as a conveyancing lawyer or a divorce lawyer or, or um, an oil and gas lawyer. It sounds almost as mainstream, you know? So there's, Things that progress is being made, which is great. It it it's it can only get better, I think. Um, you know, whilst when you when you were just talking there, there was something that actually just came to my mind. Mm. Um, <laughs> for for people who who um aren't aware, why why is it important for um our football teams and sports teams to register with the CAC? Okay, so basically, um, first and foremost, if you are transacting, carrying out business. In this country, and to be quite honest with you, in any country, um, business itself is a regulated form of activity, okay? If you're selling anything at all, even if it's cupcakes or, um, you know, household goods or whatever, that is business. And business itself, a regulated um, form of activity. So 
the 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 um the regulator of of companies of business in um in Nigeria is the is the CAC you know so um you have to always make sure that whatever activity you're doing if they fall under what we would consider as regulated business you have to find the appropriate regulator and make sure that you're registered so first things first if you are purporting to run as a sort of company even if you're a sole trader sole trader is an individual who's running business right and is running business as his name um you would still fall under the purview of the CAC because the CAC knows that business can occur in many forms. You can run a business as a, as an individual. You can run a business as a as a as a registered company limited by shares. You can run a business as a social enterprise. You can run um, a, a foundation, a charity, as an incorporated trustee. And then there's other ones, there's partnerships and things like that. So pretty much every type of activity that involves trading, buying and selling is regulated. But we all know that a lot of people try not to, uh, they try to avoid, right, um, being regulated. So they may not uh, register a company, they may just trade in their own name. But you know what? It's risky because if you... If you don't register a, a, a proper entity for your business, so we're obviously talking more sports here. So if we put it in the context of a sports business, it, it could be a football club, it could be a facility, it could be a sports facility management um, business, it could be even sports apparel. You're selling, uh, you know, branded uh, kits and things. If you sell or trade in your own name, you are exposing yourself. You're making yourself personally liable for anything that goes wrong. And does, does that make any sense? Yes. But if you were to register a separate entity, that entity takes on a life of its own. It's it's like it's it, it becomes it becomes it takes on a, a, a legal life of its own. So if anything goes wrong with say a football club, say they, they run into debt, uh, you know, poor administration, the liability of the um of the of the shareholders of the directors would be limited. That's why it's called a company limited by shares. You would only be liable as far as the number of shares you're holding. So that's why, you know, so for many reasons you, it is advisable and, and highly recommended that if you say to yourself, oh, wow, I think I want to go into sports business. I think I want to set up a women's team in Abelkuta or in Delta State, in Sapele or in Inugo, wherever. Um, I, I, yeah, you can have your trial period where you're just trying things out. You know, you just want to test the waters a bit. You go volunteer. There's nothing wrong with volunteering. I think it's great. We need more volunteers. But if it come, if it gets to a point where, you know, maybe money is changing hands, you begin to, you know, pay for transport here and there, you begin to invest your money into, you know, um, this, this setup, then it's highly recommended that 
a, a separate entity is is incorporated so that that entity takes on any liability and not the 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 promoter of the business in, in his own name in his or her own name so that there's there's those are one of the few reasons why it is best to always um register or incorporate a separate legal entity so you minimize your liability but more importantly so you are in compliance with um the directives from the regulator so i mean how on earth would the nff or the nl nlo or nnl know you're there if you're not registered they won't know you're there you would just be a, a nameless random pickup game how do you differentiate yourself from a random pickup game just a couple of guys just kicking about um compared that with you know a, a, a business that has been registered a trademark has been applied a brand a distinguishing um, um identifier oh this is the logo of um total elite wow we know they're based in abelkuta we know their story we know that uh the Ogun State Football Association knows them. So it's really about gaining credibility because if you don't register, you're not credible. You're not. You, there's no records. There's... It's kind of a weird situation because, um, you know, like I, I, think, I, think, I think about, okay, so when you go on Facebook, there's like a million Nigerian football academies. Many, yeah, many. And I just think to myself, are these all registered? Exactly. Probably and, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they're probably not registered, why not? Are they aware they need to be registered? Um, do they know I, the procedures, the process? I think they know. I think I would like to think we're very intelligent people. I think they do know, but for some reason, they manage to get their little butter by not being registered but the thing is that's trickles you get a bit here you get a little bit there maybe if you're lucky you sell someone domestically if you're really lucky someone picks somebody up from you and the person goes international but who's to say that you even get much because who's going to pay an unregistered company like proper you know solidarity fees and things like that you know, so there's a lot of uh, background under the cover transactions going on and it's not sustainable. You know, you hear about coaches in these parts. They've been coaching for 20 something years, 30 something years, and they've not really built wealth that they could have if they had done things properly. So I feel like it's really up to, and it's interesting because I'm actually on the Lagos State Divisional Football Board. <laughs> so I want to speak from that perspective that if, if, if you've not received, if you've not had that pressure from, say, the bodies, whether it's the state football associations or the uh, coaching associations, if, if that pressure has never been on you to go get registered, then I would say you need to start changing your mindset because you can't aim big but still operate on a small level. You have to register. 
so you're recognized you know because when you register at least that way you're able to you know get proper bank account you're not operating with your personal accounts so it's all about presenting the business in a in a good way it's about creating the necessary structures and that's something that we know is really lacking here because most of the time there's no pressure to get things done properly there's no pressure to be compliant which is why at the same time we we didn't see the same level of growth that other industries have witnessed so when you look at the banking industry in the 90s and how there was so many um um regulations that came in from the from the from the military days when they had the decrees and the decrees were then changed into laws and you saw how the banking sector was really restructured like completely restructured consolidated strengthened all banks had to have a certain minimum capitalization to avoid a run on system that's the reason why the banking system got stronger and stronger and stronger over time now nobody would bat an eyelid if they say oh go open an account with uh, this bank or go open an account with this bank the reason why our clubs are kind of just sort of yeah we've got some good clubs don't get me wrong definitely got some good clubs because where where's the talent going coming out from they're still coming out from here right but we're not getting that churn, that massive volume that we should be getting because of lack of structure. And, you know, out of a thousand grassroots clubs, it's possible that 85% of them are not being run properly, like in a really global way. So that's why, you know, the livelihoods of these owners don't change significantly you know, they, they still look as stressed and as harassed and as tired as they did, you know, 10 years ago. Because it feels more like a hustle rather than a real business. How do we make our football industry move away from a hustle industry to a proper, you know, Fortune 500, um, you know, public PLC type business. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you even have franchises and I mean you look at all the major clubs, you look at the major clubs in the EPL and you see how, you know, they've managed to successfully spin off amazing franchises all over the world for the youth for the youth sector. So you would have, say, I don't know, the black and white team. You know, they're in Canada, they're in Italy, they're in Bahrain, they're in Dubai. They even came to Nigeria or the blue team. They've got branches all over the place. That's because it's being run as a business. It's not about I'm hustling to just uh, sort out these guys. Let me just, you know, find some money and I'll lodge them for six months. And then somebody will, you know, someone will go for trial. And we can't keep running biz our sports businesses like that. We just can't. We really um, need to, yeah. Since we've got you here, well, um, could you just outline three things mm. that every football club legally should do? Okay, three things. Okay, let's look at it this way. I like to call it, okay, PPPs as well. Okay, yeah, let's, let's call it the PPPs. PPPs was, a, was an acronym that I, I kind of um, fell in love with during my 
core compliance days in financial services, and it stands for policies, procedures, and people. The three P's are the bedrock of any sustainable business. And you will hear me go on and on and on and on about sustainability because when a business is sustainable, it is more likely to be profitable. So for people, you need to have the right people hired. You need to have competent people. You need to have contracts for those people. Those people are your assets. So whether the people are your support staff, your HR, who are keeping your records, your operations people, your logistics people, or the core players who are the assets. They're not your support. They're the assets. They need to be well protected. They need to get for, for players. I mean, I, I could, it's difficult to say it in such few words, but you need to protect your assets. So insurance also comes to mind. Um, healthcare comes to mind. Um, they eating properly. Have you covered your right? Have you covered your back by getting them signed onto proper contracts? Um, do you know who you're dealing with? Then when you look at policies, you're, you're looking at what is it about? How do I run my business competently and effectively? How can I run this business like a well-oiled machine so that it gives me it, you know, it's, it's, it's garbage in, garbage out. What you put into it is what you will get back. So your policies will determine how the operations of the business will, will run. Um, on the policies, that's where you also get all the rules, regulations, whether it's external regulations that affect you. So if you're a club, clearly you want to be looking at FIFA rules for best practice. I mean, you need to know about um, you know, the domestic um, NFF rules as well. You need to know about the LMC rules, league management company. You need to know about the MPFL league. To, you know, you need to know, you need to understand the different frameworks that apply to your club. Okay. So that's policies, rules, procedures. Then, then when we talk about procedures, procedures, I would say is kind of like governance in a way. So policies tell you what to do procedures tell you how to do what you're supposed to do so your procedures are kind of like your governance okay so you 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 need to make sure that you have the right people running your sports um your your football club or your sports business are the right people running it are they running it ethically are they doing age cheating they're, they're dealing with players that are underage, but passing them off as overage, or they're dealing with players that are way overage, passing them off as younger. Um, are they, uh, you know, this the whole is the whole ethics of of the, of the game really? You know, we talk about values, the values of the game, fair play, transparency, you know, teamwork, all those values of sports, integrity, like you mentioned as one of your core values. Those are values that really should apply to every sports business organization across board. It's, we, we shouldn't say, oh, yes, I, I find integrity more in tennis, <laughs> but not so much in football. Or, there's, you know, it, it's just not, the, it's not done. It, 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 sport is sport. Sport is about fair play, integrity. But unfortunately, we know that that's just not the way it is. So, um, yeah, if, if that helps, PPP, 
policies, procedures, people. If you get that right, then, I mean, the sky is your limit. If you get that right, the sky is your limit. And then under people, you know what type of people you need to get. You know which external people you need to get. You know which internal people you need to get. Policies, you know which internal policies you, you need to get your, your lawyer or your HR to draft. You know externally what frameworks apply to you. So if you're dealing with a transfer domestically, you know that solidarity pay does not apply to a domestic transfer, for instance. You know, but you know that you still have to play fair because this is a player that has been training with this club for X number of years. So you can't suddenly say, well, because um, those FIFA rules don't apply, I can just pay what I want. So we, we need to bear in mind the PPPs. The PPPs for me are crucial to any business. It's like, you know, it's, it's something you can apply to any business at all, most especially sports business. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. I, you know, I did say that I would only have you for an additional 10 minutes, but there is one final question just, right. to, okay. just to, you know, just to cap off, um, everything we've pretty much spoken about today. Cause I feel like we've covered so many topics. Um, you know, we've spoken about so much, you know, your background, <clears throat> your, um, the different things that you do. <clears throat> and obviously you've also, you know, given us, um, a lot of, um, advice as to what we should and can be doing to to make ourselves um more reputable more um more uh, sustainable um and um obviously one the final question just to wrap up everything is of course for people who you know i think i know everything in a lot of things in nigeria come down to finances yeah um, yeah so you know people are always weighing up the values and uh, in doing certain things and making certain decisions. So for people who are still questioning why they need a sports lawyer or why they should have a sports lawyer or why they should engage a sports lawyer, um, what, is, what, would, what would you, um, how would you answer that? I would say when you are sending your children to school, when you're looking for a school for your child, you don't just send your child to any school. You make sure that that school will give your child the best education within your budget. You make you know you you make sure that that school will will help develop your child, will help them you know live out their dreams, expectations, etc. So a sports lawyer is 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 similar when you when you're running a business, a specialist business, you need support. You need a team that understands your business. Um, so if you're building a house and that house is made of glass, you're not going to go hire uh, a, a bricklayer who's only worked with bricks. You would hire an architect that knows how to design with glass material. You would hire, um, you know, a foreman, um, the, the building contractor who has, who has experience building glass houses because if you hire somebody that does not have the experience that you need to deliver what you need you're not going to get the best and you're pre pretty much throwing your money down the drain so you may be fine for a time because your glass house is standing and everything seems great and then suddenly it comes crashing down and you're thinking but you know 
what what happened what happened so sports law sports lawyers are i would say are 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 like your specialist um support team they they are part of your team they provide specialist um advisory services the same way you know a dentist provides specially specialist services for the teeth <laughs> you know every you have to remember that sports is a business so when you think of it that way sports is a business it's a it's an activity so even if you're not running a, a um uh, for profit even if you're running it not for profit you still don't want to run it into the ground you still want to make sure you're not cheated you still want to make sure that the 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 players that you are ultimately supporting get the best and they only get the best when they work with people who have the necessary expertise so um yeah a generalist lawyer can only take you so far a specialist lawyer will know all the nooks and crannies will have the network that you need to tap into so it goes without saying if i'm building an oil refinery i'm not going to go look for a, 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 a high street solicitor who only does wills <laughs> i'm going to go get the best solicitor i can find that has experience dealing with you know oil refineries i always have to put it into context so people can see that you know when you're spending money no matter how small because money is money you need to respect money if you don't respect money money will not respect you so if you are you know going to go as far as to you know use because usually what happens most people are not fortunate to get some kind of access to a grant or to some windfall a lot of people start these football clubs these businesses from their pocket they're dipping into funds that may be for family or maybe for 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 some project but they feel like you know what i just need to do this so if you're making that you know if you're making that sacrifice and risk dipping into funds that maybe did not come by easily then why on earth would you not bother to go all the way get a lawyer who has that specialist knowledge so again i i just have to say um sports is a form of business activity and like and like every other form of business activity you need expert you need experts around you to help make good decisions which is why a lot of businesses uh um football clubs schools have advisory boards there's a board and the purpose of the board is to give advice key advice you pick you pick your board because of their skill set you don't go picking some random person to go on your board you pick people because you know they can bring value so the purpose of a sports lawyer is is exactly that it's to add that value that you cannot see yourself So I hope that kind of helps in some way. <laughs> um thank you for that. That that was definitely and I, I like the analogies as well. So <laughs> <laughs> um I think you know um I think it's definitely very important that um we become I think people are more that people become more open minded towards mm -hmm. solutions. Yes. And, um the the um the people offering the solutions and the availability of the solutions in our environment 
um, I think, you know, it's very easy to continue doing what we've been doing to follow what, you know, the next person next to us or our neighbor's doing. But if we truly want to build sustainable um, businesses, clubs, organizations, um, you know, ones where people can say, okay, you know, for example, in England, you know, you have clubs, not even the top clubs. Um, let's not even talk about Arsenal, Man United. Let's yeah, talk about yeah. let's talk about something like um, the, the club in London called Dulwich Hamlet, and yeah. they are in the seventh division in England, and yeah. that club is over a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, if we want to truly build those type of institutions, those type of organized sports organizations, yeah. Yeah. then these are the things that we need to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, part of it is engaging, you know, the best, the, the best people in the industry, you know, yeah, um, yeah. and you know, getting their, getting their insight and understanding, mm, yeah, um, because you know, they may offer you solutions which you don't even realize are right in front of you. I'm telling you, you um, can't see it because you don't know it, you don't recognize it. So exactly. Mm. So you know, thank you for that. I think you know. Um, this has been you know this has been such an interesting episode i you know i uh it's much different to what we usually do but it's 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 definitely been a great episode um, i'm glad i'm glad (laughs) i'm really glad um just before we end um obviously you know as usual um we will put your social media handles in the episode description but um for people who uh, maybe want to contact you on uh, who want to get the specific platform which is best to contact you where okay. are you most responsive okay um i'm so responsive it's ridiculous actually <laughs> i'll give i'll give out my twitter handle um i think twitter is actually really good in terms of direct engagement compared to instagram which is locked um i do more of my work banter and engagement i would say on twitter so twitter is at maxi b that's m-a-x-x-y-b at maxi b Um, my instagram is actually the same exactly the same identical so if you want to connect with me on instagram no problem i don't mind but definitely twitter is better in terms of you know having some really good in um um exchanges and conversations just like we've had today but obviously on a micro scale and uh, <laughs> email is beverly that's b-e-v-e-r-l-e-y at oyejiaia.com and my surname is spelled o-n-y-e-j-i-a-n-y-a beverly at oyejiaia.com so yeah reach out to me via email um twitter is always great as well follow me i'll follow you right back and yeah let's have some really good um banter and um more discussions yes <laughs> it's been such a pleasure like i've i think this is officially my longest podcast episode <laughs> like i even i didn't realize i could talk this much <laughs> i love talking i love conversations i could talk all day. Mm. that's what i get paid to do anyway <laughs> So yeah, it's been really lovely. It's been really good. Um, I'm I'm glad. I'm I am glad for these conversations. We need to be talking more about all these issues because when we when we put it out there, um, more people hear, more people um hear these messages, and they will go away and hopefully 
think about it deeply and take action. That's what we want. We just want people to take action and, and you know, let's rev up this sports industry. We It, it will be to all our benefits if the, the sports industry grows, you know, even three times more than this it would be great so yeah that's what we want we want growth growth long-term growth Dennis, you know uh, you just you, you summed it up perfectly for us um, so i don't i don't want to i don't want to add anything else um, because i feel you know i i you know i i, I keep saying you know we're going to end the conversation you know, it's just, it just continues flowing so it's just um, uh, Thank you again for thank you again for co-hosting this episode with me. Oh, it was a blast! It was so good. It was really good. I enjoyed myself so much. I can't wait to I can't wait for people to hear it and give sending their feedback. Yeah, been great. Thanks, Dave. It's no problem. Um, to everyone else listening, remember once again to leave a review, leave a like, a rating. Uh, remember to share the episode. Um, and once again, this has been the Ninja on the Ball podcast where we are on the ball with people that know. Thank you for listening.